Hey, hey, it's Amy J, and you're listening to Brain Meets Mind. Welcome back to another episode, and thank you for joining me today. The last time that we were together, we talked about the varying effects of weather on mental health. While we did talk a lot about sunshine and what that means for us and how nature can benefit us in lots of good ways, I recognize that not everything is always all sunshine and rainbows, which is why today I want to highlight the rainy, gloomy days, what they can mean for our emotions, our mental health, our productivity, and I also want to introduce a clinical note, which is where we'll talk about seasonal depression and just how serious it can be for some people. I'm so excited to break down all of these topics for you today and maybe share how white noise can also benefit you. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Nature has a huge impact on focus, as you can tell from the introduction and the title of the episode. Rainy days in particular, I believe from experience and from the countless studies that have researched for this episode, tend to be especially great for productivity. They can also be great for relaxation and even sleep. Now, regardless of which of these categories you may fall into, I think it's crucial to have an understanding of what white noise is and just how it works. But before we do that, we're gonna take a short little segue so I can teach you an anatomy lesson to help visualize the threshold that's associated with white noise. The reason why we can even hear in the first place is because we have lots and lots of hair cells in the middle part of our ears. Hair cells will detect a sound coming in through our ear canal and then change that physical signal into something that's electrical which is sent by the auditory nerve to the brain. And then the brain can detect where that sound is coming from using the other senses and then make a conscious decision on whether we should act upon it. For example, maybe you're sitting in your car in a traffic jam and there's a fire truck coming from behind you so you need to clear the way. If the sound of that siren is above a certain threshold, then you will hear it and you will realize that you need to move. And if it's below it, You might just sit there, unbothered, waiting for the traffic to clear up. When you're in a coffee shop, a similar phenomenon occurs where you might walk in and you hear all of the sounds of people talking or the coffee machines because you notice them at first. The more time you spend in there and the longer you sit there, your hair cells will automatically create a new baseline, which will be a little higher than the sounds were when you came in. So now you don't really pay attention to the sound of the coffee machines or people talking unless if a stimulus piques your interest above that baseline. Say a friend comes up to you and now you suddenly notice them because they're right in front of you and the sound is a lot louder. That's where your attention goes and now you're suddenly distracted. And as you can imagine, moving that one step further with rain, whether you're at a coffee shop or not, does a similar thing where if you're working from home or wherever you are, the constant pitter-patter of the rain sets a new baseline, a higher baseline than your usual hearing, so that you can filter out all of the background noise that's below that threshold. Now, there's other explanations for the rain affecting productivity as well. 
In the Harvard Business Review, there's an article titled, If You Have a Lot of Work to Do, Hope for Rain. There's a study of Japanese bank workers who had windows in their offices, and with that view of the weather, they could really pay attention to what their thoughts and feelings conveyed to them. Researchers found that with a one-inch increase in daily rainfall, they noticed a 1.3% decrease in worker completion times for the tasks that they were assigned, meaning when the weather was bad, workers were less likely to be distracted by the thoughts of outdoor activities, and so they'd focus on the work at hand indoors since they couldn't go do something fun outdoors anyways. I think this article does a great job of showing us the difference between what we talked about before with auditory stimuli and now what we're seeing with visual stimuli. If you walk into a coffee shop, even if you've been to that same shop before, it's unlikely that the same exact people and the same exact voices are going to be there every single time. This means that every time you enter that coffee shop, your brain is detecting a new threshold or a new baseline. And in order to surpass that, you need all this new information coming in in order for us to make a decision or recognize if something is above that level. Whereas with vision, the workers from the study simply had to see the rain and then use the memories inside their minds to recognize that they might not be able to do outdoor activities when it's pouring outside. I can't help but think just how versatile and powerful our senses can be and how they lead us to become more informed human beings based on our surroundings. I think it's truly incredible. Moving on to the next big part of this episode, I want to introduce to you something called a clinical note. I think clinical notes are a great way for us to apply our understanding of what we talk about here in this episode to a real life situation. And so keeping on that theme of the weather affecting our mood in different ways, I think seasonal depression is something that is incredibly important. It's also known as seasonal affective disorder, And unfortunately, some people tend to use this as a pretty carefree term, but it really is something that a lot of people tend to struggle with. So seasonal depression is not to be taken lightly. There's two different types, the first being winter onset and the second being summer onset. Winter onset tends to be the more common one. And as you can imagine, in the winter, when the days get shorter and more of our evenings are spent in darkness, many people tend to experience big changes in mood. A lot of them also have difficulty sleeping, and when this happens over time for a couple months, a lot of people tend to feel depressed most of the day, nearly every day, and that can quite clearly be a problem. With summer onset, the opposite happens, so the days get longer, and a lot of us are exposed to a lot more sunlight throughout the day, which can adversely affect circadian rhythms and cause issues with sleeping as well. I don't know about you, but even when I miss out on a single night's rest, a single night of good sleep, my mood tends to be pretty severely affected the next day, and it takes me a long time to catch up on that sleep as well. I can't just take naps during the day like a lot of people. I wish I could, but I can't. So I can't imagine what it might be like for someone who might be affected by a certain type of seasonal depression and deal with this for a couple months on a yearly basis. 
That's why I'm thankful that there are some types of treatment available for patients that struggle with either of the two types of seasonal depression that we talked about. The first is light therapy, and that's more commonly used for the winter onset to provide a little more light in the extended hours of darkness. And psychotherapy is also a commonly used tool. You might actually recognize this one because it's used to treat other mental health disorders quite commonly as well. That brings me to the end of the clinical note, and I hope that I've been able to shed some light on just how serious it can be for some people. I am a strong believer of the idea of intentional, inclusive language, and I really do believe that it goes a long way. So hopefully you'll join me in educating others about this and hopefully being a little more cautious with our words as well, just because we never know what someone next to us might be going through. So that brings me to the end of this episode. I want to share a resource with you before we go, and that is a website called A Soft Murmur, which I'll link in the show notes for you below. If you're interested in white noise, it's this incredible website where you can set the volume of different types of noises that they provide. Examples include white noise, a coffee shop, crickets, the sound of the wind, even an ocean noise, whatever helps you be most productive. You can adjust those levels and create new sounds out of that. I hope you enjoy this resource just as much as I have during my studying, and I also hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode just as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. That is all for today, folks. I will see you very soon for a brand new episode. Thanks for tuning in as always, and I'll see you next week. 